Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. We all know Tennessee is one of the best states for business, but how does it stack up nationally? And what are its strengths and weaknesses? Vanderbilt Medical Center could expand by more than 25%. And how did Nashville receive its Music City nickname before the birth of country music? We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. know somebody that this happened to where you visited Nashville or, or, or maybe this happened to yourself. You visited Nashville once or maybe you had a friend who visited Nashville once and uh, next thing you know, guess what happens? You moved here? They are moving here. You are moving here. Yeah. Uh, it's just that's, that is the, a lot of people. That is the national phenomenon, Nashville phenomenon. Um, but if that's, if that's you, if that's your current situation, you visited Nashville and maybe you think, uh, I think it's about time to move. Maybe if you're, you're, you're tired of the place that you're living in and you want to, you want to come to Nashville and have some fun and, uh, and be in a great business friendly state as well as, which we'll talk about here in a second. Well, there's one person that you need to know, and that is Brad Reynolds at thinkbrad.com. Find him on Instagram, Brad underscore Reynolds underscore Nashville, or just text him at 615-856-3270. Tell Brad you're thinking Nashville. If you think Nashville, make sure you think Brad. Uh, just tell him, hey, I'm thinking Nashville. And then you will be thinking Brad, and uh, you'll be texting Brad. <laughs> or or you can text Brad right now. Text him right now. What's your favorite restaurant in Nashville? Don't even don't even tell him who you are. Just say your favorite restaurant in Ooh, Nashville I like that. is, and then text Brad that right now. Yeah, 615-856-3270. Text Brad or visit him at thinkbrad.com. All right. So the article we're reading from is from the Nashville Business Journal, but the statistic we're talking about comes from CNBC. And this is where Tennessee ranks nationally in the business world. And CNBC released its list of America's top business for 2022, ranked on 88 different metrics. <laughs> Good Lord. Who has time to track all of that? 88 different metrics. Now, this is very interesting. Uh, all 50 states were scored based on topics such as cost of doing business, economy, education, and more. Uh, okay. t- Tennessee placed, in, and uh, depending on the categories, Tennessee could be much higher. Tennessee placed in the top 10 at number six, finishing finishing just below Texas and uh, just above Nebraska on the business list. The ranking is released annually by New Jersey-based CNBC. Top categories include... I wonder if they're weighted categories, workforce, infrastructure, cost of doing business, economy, life, health and inclusion, technology and innovation, business friendliness, education, access to capital and cost of living. States were ranked out of 50. No, duh. In each of these categories, (laughs) I I think um, we're lacking infrastructure. Everybody, we just did a, a series on how Nashville really doesn't have vision with their vision zero plan. Uh, This next paragraph, if you, uh, yeah, yeah. this is very interesting. Each category is weighed based on how frequent state frequently states use them as a selling point in economic development and marketing materials. That's this is a, a, this is a heavy algorithm that somebody built. Yeah. That way our study ranks the states based on attributes 
they use to sell themselves. Very interesting. But by the growth, is this entire study tracking how many companies are moving to Nashville or to Tennessee and the number of economic like I, there are 88 uh, metrics in there so i don't know unless we look at all 88 it, it's hard to say what's what is and what's not in there the study also included additional information on each state including the state's rank and grade in each category as well as its 2021 rank so it's 2021 rank is weighted for its 2022 uh position tennessee finished at number five overall last year so we dropped one spot in 2022. All right, we're, Ten- pull, we're pulling this up on the next page. So Tennessee's highest finish came in the category, uh, in the economic category, obviously, where it placed number two and was graded with an A+. Plus. A+. Plus. The volunteer Yay. state also ranked high in cost of living, number five. Uh, infrastructure, uh, when it says high in cost of living, it actually means as a good thing, not a high cost of living. It ranked high in the cost of living se- uh, category. Uh, so we were number five in their infrastructure at number eight in cost of doing business eighth. Uh, however, the, the state received a failing grade in the category of life, health, inclusion, uh, ranking number 46, which, uh, which I, I, my guess is, is weighted us heavily down to the bottom. If it was just on economics alone, uh, Tennessee would probably be one or two. All right. So I actually have, I'm like, I- I need to get deeper into this study. Uh, so I have it pulled up here, and if you don't mind throwing up my computer. Yeah. Uh, so you have your score. So you have your category, workforce, infrastructure, cost of doing business, economy, life, health, and inclusion, technology, and innovation. And then you have your 2020 score or 2022 score. And then you have your 2022 rank, your 2021 rank, and your 2021 grade. But they don't give you your grade in uh, 2022. Because that oh, comes from the year previous. Man. But then you come down, so it talks about the governor, population, your GDP growth, uh, minus 1.2%. Interesting. Oh, for quarter one of 2022? Unemployment rates. Very we interesting. Have one of the lowest unemployment rates in the country. Uh, one, of the, three. one of the lowest corporate tax rates. Yep. And then top individual, none. Uh, gasoline tax. So every time you're filling up your tank, you're paying 27 cents. Which I think we have state. a pretty low gas uh, tax. Compared to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is like a dollar twenty. Yeah. Uh, and then you have your bond rating, triple uh, A, triple A, the highest you can get, I believe. Yeah, we've been triple A for years. Uh, and then you have your other data and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. So very interesting. Yeah, not as detailed as uh, I would they, like. They 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 have a proprietary system, obviously, on their <laughs> on their website. Uh, but it, it does it does stack up against uh, you know Kentucky right above us is number twenty six. Uh, California is 29, which hence why all their companies are moving uh, to Tennessee. Alabama, which is right next to us, is uh, hitting at 33 yep. on this list. Um, and so I, I really don't think we have anybody near us who is in that top section with the exception of, of North Carolina. Okay. And then Texas and then Florida. Yeah. So yeah. Georgia is number 10. So, uh, I mean, just good news for Tennessee to be in that top six. Uh, Tennessee's education is, is bringing us down a lot. Uh, we're, we're working on it. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> All right. So speaking of education, there is a medical training school here in Nashville called Vanderbilt University and Va- Vanderbilt Medical Center. But th- technically, they've separated. They're two separate things. Yes. Uh, but they are about to expand 
and this is this is a huge announcement because they're doing so much on the college side of thing with expansion. But this is the this is the first announcement with the medical center expansion in a while for Vanderbilt. Uh, it's huge. It's coming from News Channel Five. Uh, construction is set to begin this summer for a new 15-level Vanderbilt University Hospital wow. inpatient facility. The new tower, dubbed the quote Link Building, unquote, will be built on an existing parking lot on 21st Avenue and Medical Center Drive. It will provide 470,000 square feet of additional adult inpatient beds, operating wow. rooms, clinics, and office space, VMUC. Uh, uh, VUMC said the expansion is needed to accommodate the growing population at the region's largest uh, uh, referral center. The hospital already operates at more than 90% capacity most of the year, probably a little bit too close for comfort is my guess. Uh, so they, they're pretty much stretched and need to need to build, uh, Vanderbilt said it'll take four and a half years. We'll throw up the, the rendering here. So you can see it. If you are watching, is this uh, that two story parking lot that's on Vanderbilt's property? Um, no. So this is, so this is just a blank parking lot. Okay. Just on the ground level. Okay, oh, I think I know exactly uh, it, it's where this kind is of an entrance yeah. to two other parking lots. Yep, I remember. It kind of splits left and right. Um, this parking lot does. Uh, so this will take four and a half years to complete. It's a very modern looking building, which will uh, most of the Vanderbilt's campus. It kind of is depending on and kind of is not depending on where you are. That's true. The project will be split into two phases. During the second phase, Vanderbilt says the Oxford House, an administrative building constructed in 1961, will be demolished makes Ooh, a lot of sense yeah uh it's one of the older portions of that the uh, tower the new tower's main entrance and lobby will be built in its place additionally the central parking garage will be expanded by three floors adding about 600 spaces very cool which is uh pretty wild in there which is uh it's good i mean vanderbilt medical center uh is is extremely extremely busy yeah. so glad to see that they are getting that update all right let's head over to explorers national tip of the day For Explorers Nashville tip of the day, it's a great day to learn some Nashville history because we're covering history here in a second on how Nashville became Music City. Uh, but one of the best ways to learn about Nashville history is visiting the Hermitage, which is located in, in Hermitage, Tennessee. It's named after <laughs> that home. Uh, this is the home of the seventh president of the United States, Andrew Jackson. There's a little movie that you could watch before you go visit the home. There's a little museum as well that you could walk through and see the life of Andrew Jackson. You can learn about the Trail of Tears. There's a restaurant uh, and a winery there. Yeah, a restaurant and a winery. And then you can walk around the beautiful property, you can walk through the gardens, into the mansion, see where Andrew Jackson would have lived uh, and read all the different newspapers. And it's coming up soon. The ghost stories are coming soon. Oh, I'm man, super I'm so excited. excited. Uh, and then there's also uh, a few different horse rides throughout the campus. And it's just a beautiful experience, especially coming out of this first summer. I think uh, we're going to be coming out of it in the next like, four weeks. Uh, <laughs> this first summer has been, been a long, it's, hot it's, one. It's been brutal. <laughs> I think everybody's yeah. like, okay, we, we get it. We get it. Like, yeah. to, to take the temp down. Take the temp down. We get it. It was hot. It's it's yeah but it's, it's still, still lasting, but it, it's going to last another month or so, and then we're going to get this little false sense of fall, and, and it's going to go back up. And yeah, then second summer is going to slap us in the face. Yeah, until November, and we're going to be like, wow, wow, I miss 
first of all. <laughs> but yeah, head to the Hermitage if you want to learn some Nashville history and U.S. history. There you go. That is Explorers Nashville tip of the day. Today's episode of Nashville Daily is brought to you by Blessed Day Coffee. If you're looking for an amazing coffee experience, I'm actually drinking some right now mm-hmm. out of the Blessed Day Coffee mug. Couldn't get any better. Couldn't get any better. Uh, so if you are wanting some coffee right now and right, right, right now. now, just order it. Like literally go to their website and order it. Stop and what you're doing. BlessedDayCoffee.com. Go there right now. Yeah. Use code EXPLORE20, XPLR20. And if you're in the Nashville region, there's free delivery. Yeah. So it's a good incentive to order coffee right there, now. There you go. No excuse. Some of the freshest and most sustainable coffee. Head over to BlessedDayCoffee.com right now. Link in the show notes as well. All right. So we are starting a new series and we're changing this series up a little bit. This is only going to be on Friday's episodes uh, for the next uh, about a month and a half to two months until we're done until we're done. Yeah. So basically <laughs> this series is only going to be on Fridays and this is the Nashville nickname series and how we got our nicknames. And we're going to start off the Nashville nickname series with the most important nickname of Nashville. And that's music city USA or what a music yeah. city. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, Nashville music city is, is the, the most uh, well-known nickname for Nashville. That's uh, partly the reason why we get so many visitors into Nashville is because of the music that is found here in Nashville. Not only the music that is found here, but the music history that surrounds Nashville. And so we're, we're going to really get into number one, the nickname. How did that nickname start, come about, catch on? And then number two, what are what are these claims that are being supported to make Nashville actually Music City, USA? All right, so we're going to go back in time. I wish we had our little time traveling machine, and uh, we don't. But uh, we're pretending. Okay, we're back in time. Uh, we're in the 1850s, and we have incredible technology for the 1850s. <laughs> uh, but what ended up happening here in Nashville in the 1850s? You have a lot of people from the Appalachia starting to move into the cities and they're starting to leave the hillside and starting coming into Nashville. So that, that's a big thing that happened in the 1850s. But then also in the 1850s, you had the, the United Methodist organization move basically their entire headquarters here and, and make roots deep in Nashville. And so one of the other nicknames of Nashville that we're going to cover later on in this series is uh, Protestant Vatican, uh, Vatican of the South. Uh, so we'll be talking about that nickname or Bible Belt of the South. We, we uh, are the, the buckle of the Bible. The, the belt. buckle yeah. of the Bible Belt. So yeah. we'll be talking about those nicknames in a, a future episode. But the, the Methodist organization basically settled in here in Nashville, and in the 1850s, I think it was around 1855 or so, they made the Methodist Publishing House, which is located in downtown Nashville. Yeah, and so now it's kind of the United Methodist Publishing House. Uh, but there is th- this. In this uh, is where you find some of of the roots for the music uh, here in Nashville, one of many roots that kind of culminated together to make this experience. Uh, But this this publishing house uh, was responsible for um, a lot of print materials uh, for the the churches and really kind of made, which is kind of funny because this is next to 
Printer's Alley. Yes. Um, and so this really began a lot of things in, in Nashville. This area is very historic in that regard. Uh, but so this is one of the many routes that came together for Music City, and that is the printing of sheet music, hymnals, things like that. Uh, in the United Methodist Publishing House. By the early 1900s, Nashville was one of the predominant printing cities in the United States. It was uh, parts of Detroit and parts of the East Coast, and then Nashville was the predominant. And so you had all of these hymnals and these these sheet music being printed here in Nashville. And so that, that, that became an initial push on some of these uh, people from Appalachia to come into Nashville to start making music because they were working in this printing industry. And now we're going to fast forward about a decade, and there was a university that was started here in Nashville called Fisk University. And this is named after a Union Army general who served in the Civil War for the Union Army. He was from Brooklyn, New York, and his name was Clinton Fisk. If you've ever been to Marathon Village, the street is called Clinton Street. It's named after Clinton Fisk. And he wanted to offer free education for the freed slaves, six months after the Civil War basically happened. And so at that time period, he raised some funds, and he was able to start Fisk University to offer education. And so we're going to fast forward another 20 years or so in the late 1800s, around the 1880s to 1890s. The Fisk Jubilee Choir was traveling around the country, and they were basically singing at all these incredible venues. They were singing uh, old... uh, African-American hymnal or spiritual songs. Uh, They're singing a bunch of other acapella type music and they're traveling throughout the country. But then they had the opportunity to go perform for some of the royalty over in England and in Scotland. And it's rumored while they were there performing uh, that Queen Victoria was in the room and in her diary, she wrote, they must come from a music city. And so that that is a rumored thing. It's not factually true proven, uh, but that is a rumor thing. But the reason that they were traveling throughout the country and in England was to build this beautiful thing at Fisk University. This is called the Jubilee Hall. And because they were able to travel around the United States and in England, they were able to build this Jubilee Hall. And the Fisk University Choir, this is not just something that lived in the 19th century or even the 20th century. We see the Fisk Jubilee Choir is a staple for a lot of events, opening ceremonies in Nashville, and also just a a very historic choir as well uh, because they have this foundation for Music City underneath it uh, that gives roots to the name Music City. Now, Stuart, we're still in early stages of Nashville music history. Uh, Obviously, people probably think that Music City uh, got its nickname because of the country music scene that we have here in Nashville, but we haven't even gotten to that era yet, and and, and yet the the nickname is already starting. What else has contributed to that uh, Music City nickname even before country music? Well, so we have to look at the year of 1925, and that's the start of the Grand Ole Opry here in Nashville. And the, the Grand Ole Opry basically started as a, a radio program to pr- promote insurance for farmers. Yeah, and that, for, that's, for the that's how life and casualty insurance yep. company that is here in Nashville. Yeah, and then, uh, well, they're actually in Texas now. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. They're building here. Back, like. yeah, back <laughs> in the day, they were here. And uh, we're going to have an entire dedicated episode to the Grand Ole Opry uh, and everything here in the future, especially for their anniversary. I think that comes up in October and November. Uh, but 
so the Grand Ole Opry started in 1925, and they initially started inside of this radio studio in downtown Nashville. And we didn't have much radio presence until that time. Uh, and so basically fast forward 30 years from now, uh, you had an announcer for the Grand Old Opry, and he would start off either the Grand Old Opry radio show or his other segment saying live from Music City. And this is in the 1950s uh, when this really started to catch on. And that's, that's where ultimately the nickname came from. Uh, was from a guy named Dave Cobb, who was the host of WSM uh, 650 AM radio. And he was also the host of the Grand Old Opry or the announcer for the Grand Old Opry for a long time. We actually have a photo of him uh, from the website for the Grand Old Opry. And there, there's Dave. He passed away in the 1980s. Uh, but that's ultimately where that nickname really stuck. But you also have to remember in the 1950s, Nashville started to receive a bunch of recording studios, and this is what really set us apart. The first recording studio that opened in Nashville is in 1954, and this is the Quonset Hut. Uh, this was opened by Owen Bradley and his brother, and one of the artists that they had at the Quonset Hut was Patsy Cline. Uh, she sung the song Crazy. She recorded that song there. And then in 1955 or 1956, I always get that date confused, uh, you have RCA Studio B. Uh, so... RCA, uh, Victor, they basically had a studio in L.A. and New York. But what was happening is a lot of the artists from the Grand Old Opry would have to travel to New York or L.A. or even Chicago to record their songs and then come back to Nashville to perform at the Grand Old Opry on a Friday and Saturday night. And so it was becoming very cost-effective uh, for these artists to travel to these cities, and they weren't able to also do other shows around the country. And so it, it really prohibited the artists from doing that. But RCA Studio B was basically built for Elvis Presley. Um, that's ultimately the reason, but it's one of the best studios in Nashville. It's one of the most historic studios in the world. Over 35,000 songs were recorded at RCA Studio B. Over a thousand of those songs became in the top chart, uh, charted songs. Uh, absolutely incredible history. We have a video on our YouTube channel on the history of RCA Studio B. We also have a video on our YouTube channel called Why is Nashville Named Music City? But now we have to talk about the music stats of recent years. And we are, we are outperforming every other area in the United States tremendously yes so when you look at the the stats from that time i mean from from uh the quantit hut from rca studio b there just an absolute explosion uh of music started to be produced in nashville in in uh what is now called music row 16th and 17th avenue uh in in mid the midtown area now music is produced just about in every basement throughout nashville that's true if you, uh, if just you just basement. as yeah. yeah just as much as it is in in barry hill mm -hmm. and and music row uh yeah <laughs> if you have a basement, if you have, more like the welcome, spare yeah, nor, welcome uh, to cross yeah, yeah yeah it's more like the spare bedrooms in uh in just about every every house in nashville uh so w with that explosion uh became the 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 product of of music that's sent out to uh, the world mm -hmm. in, in the United States uh, it's well above uh, i believe 50 to 75% it may be even above 75% of music that is distributed throughout the United States is produced here in Nashville and and so you you can see the impact on that it's not just country music that has evolved here um, a lot of music has been produced here 
despite the the genre. Well, well let's just talk about RCA Studio B for a second. Yeah. So, a, a few of the performers you had at RCA Studio B, uh, you had Elvis Presley. Uh, so that was rock and roll. You had uh, Roy Orbison. You had uh, Charlie Pride, good country music. You had Willie Nelson. You had Waylon Jennings. You had Dolly Parton. You had, it, it, the list just goes on and on and on. Uh Reba, I think, just recorded there recently. Like, it, 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 people, it, Carrie Underwood recorded there. Like, you just have so many people that recorded at RCA yeah. Studio B. It covered all types of genres. Yeah, and, and so it, Nashville just became the mecca for producing um, and, and recording uh, music. Now, New York and L.A. still have very, very dominant presence, uh, especially for producing in the pop uh, the the, bl- the blues yep. uh, Atlanta has hip hop um, and you know Detroit had their uh, their stuff as well but Nashville was still uh, really number one for recording music and uh, and we can't forget about performing music as well so we talked about the Grand Old Opry uh, but the Ryman Auditorium especially in the last thirty years has dominated and become one of the most notable places that artists want to play throughout the world and the United States. Yep. Uh, it's, it's one of their kind of prized moments when they can perform uh, at the Ryman Auditorium and the Grand Old Opry. And uh, let us not forget Bridgestone Arena is, is pretty much the number one venue in the world as far as sales uh, over the last few years. They, they have pretty much dominated that category over the last 10 years. They've been very consistent in being huge with their sales for concerts and music, not to mention the smallest venues that we have. And uh, also last but not least uh, live music in just about every bar and restaurant that you walk into. Um, So we've obviously seen the explosion that music has taken here in Nashville, which has led to a lot of other creative endeavors here in town. Uh, but let's look at some stats even as of recent to kind of compare it to other places. There was a study done back in 2014, uh, and we'll pull up this stat here for you, uh, that shows the industry jobs, music industry cluster jobs per 1,000 working age population, 20 to 64 by metropolitan areas. You see Nashville is uh, two Literally. to three. Three times larger than most of the cities. Three times larger than Los Angeles would be our biggest competitor at 2.8 jobs per 1,000 in the working age population. Nashville is 7.8, and that's back in 2014. And that that was before really the rise of Spotify, Apple Music, and all these other streaming platforms as well. Correct. And, and, you know, lest we mention uh, all of the uh, singer-songwriter publishing uh, houses are, are almost exclusively in Nashville. In, in Nashville. Yeah. Um, and then also, this is a study that was released in 2020, uh, looked up to, I believe, 2019. Uh, and this is a little segment in, in this study that uh, the contribution of music um, to relative to the national average Tennessee is two times the amount of music contribution to the United States compared to the national average, uh, which is which is crazy because California is thought to be this mecca of creativity and and production and everything like that that it, it should have going for it uh, is only producing one and, and you know lest we mention the population of California yep. which is like five six times that of Tennessee I believe yeah uh, 
um, and, and they're only producing 1.6 times uh, the uh, of the kind of music contribution of the state GDP relative to the national average. Tennessee, little old Tennessee with population of 7 million, yeah. producing two times the contribution of of music to uh, to the state GDP relative to the national average. So little old Tennessee out producing uh, many things as far as contribution relative to the state GDP. Uh, as far as numbers go, uh, California actually has a little bit of an advantage uh, dollars-wise. Tennessee's right in line with California and mm-hmm. New York, uh, but relative to the population and the GDP that comes out of the state, Tennessee is definitely way ahead. Yeah, so th- that's how Nashville got its nickname, Music City. It's our most important nickname. It's what people know Nashville around the world for. Uh, comment below, what nickname do you want us to cover next Friday? It's either going to be Powdered City, Outings of the South, Nash Vegas, Cashville, uh, <laughs> the Buckle of the Bible. Favorite of Cashville. I like yeah. that one. Uh, also, let us know, what is your favorite moment in music history? for Nashville. We'd love to hear your stories about that. Tons of them to tell. Let us know in the comments what you think below. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Thank you for listening to Nashville Daily. To learn more about today's episode, visit NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. And to stay connected, head to our Discord and you can find the link at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com slash connect. Nashville Daily is now offering tours. If you'd like to take a tour of downtown Nashville, head to the link in the show notes or find out more details at NashvilleDailyPodcast.com. Nashville Daily Podcast is an Explore.Nash production. Copyright 2022.